Good morning, good morning, Facebook family. Welcome, welcome to Motivation Monday, Reveal and Heal. You know, you can't heal unless you reveal. I have an amazing guest today, Miss Tara Adams. She's going to bless your spirit and bless your soul. She has a story that she's going to share with you this morning about her life and death experiences. Oh my God, it's going to bless you and bless you indeed. So please go ahead and tag all your friends. Go ahead and tag everyone, uh, family members, and you know, let them know about the motivation that's coming their way this morning. You know, we all need something to get us through the day, not just through the day, but through the week. And a lot of times we need to hear the story of other people because when we get in a funk, we sometimes feel like we're the only one. But when you hear the, the testimony of other people that have gone through the fire and came out uh, of it not smelling like smoke, yes. you find that God has not forgotten about you. You are able to even look at yourself and say, you know what, Lord, things are not as bad as I thought that they were. How many people can say that they've gone through a life and death experience and they're still alive to tell it? There's so many amazing stories and I just thank God for revealing heal, you know, being that platform, you know, for many to come and share so that we all may continue to heal. So I want you to just get your tea, get your coffee. I want you to just come on in and prepare yourself to enjoy this amazing story. Tara Adams, how are you this morning? Good morning. How are you? I'm so blessed. I don't know what to do with myself. Uh -huh. I can't think of day. You know, it's like, Lord, please forgive me for complaining. You know, you wake up with a, right. with a different attitude when you just start looking at where you come from. That's you right. Know, it's like, oh, my God. Right. Hush, job. You know? Right. I have nothing to complain about. Absolutely. Nothing. Yes. It's you know, so good but, seeing you. Well, you listen, it's good to see you too. And it's been a minute. I was about to say, we go way yes. back. Yeah. We can go way back. Yes. And yes, you know, you do. absolutely amazing. I remember when it all <laughs> began. And I'm yes. excited to share it with the audience today about your life and death experiences. I need for you to share with them about your organization. Hands up. What is it? Uh, hands up against lupus. Yes, ma'am. You could be speaking to a lot stupid. of people that need to, um, you know, hear what it is that you have to say. So let me just give you uh, the floor to begin to share. What is your story? Amen. Well, again, thank you so much for inviting me. I, I am uh, Minister Tara Adams. I am a 20-year lupus survivor. To God be the glory my story is one that that people find hard to believe but but when i get into the story they just look at me and they're like are you are you sure you did this really happen yes it really happened i i joined the united states navy back in 2000 and i went to basic training in great lakes illinois and doing basic training, basic training was, was going really well for me. I was doing good. I, I was, you know, mastering everything I needed to master. And I had to go through some dental work. I had to get some major dental work done. I had to get my gums um, pushed up, um, pushed up and some other things I had to get done with my mouth. And 
couple of days later, I went to um, my swim qualifications, had to get those done. And a week later, I started noticing that I, I, I started kind of losing weight, dropping weight. And, and that, wasn't, that wasn't like me. Um, I started feeling bad within my body. My, my bones started aching and um, I was waking up with headaches and I would pass out. And I've never passed out before. Um, just symptoms that I've never really experienced before. I, I, I've had fevers before, but not quite like this. Um, my fever at, at that mom, moment was like 104, 105 de degrees. And, and you know, that's near death um, as, as a fever. As um, I was uh, experiencing this thing every other day, going through um, sick call. And this one particular day um, after graduation, my, my RDC at the time was like, okay, instead of you going to your first duty station, we need to send you to the recruit convalescent home. So that's where I went. I went to the convalescent um, home and on base, was there for about two weeks before anybody noticed that I was not, I was not eating. I was still having fevers. I could not get out of my bed. And this one particular morning that changed my life, uh, one, of my, um, one of my shipmates came and she felt me and she started screaming. She said, call the ambulance, she's burning up. And I remember her asking me my name. I remember her asking me if I knew where I was. Thing about it is I could not answer back. All I could do was shake my head, yes, shake my head, no. When the ambulance got there, they were asking the same questions. I could not answer them because of the, the situation that I was in. But I remember getting to the Naval Hospital on the other side of the base and they rushed me straight back. And the doctors came rushing in and they immediately gave me an IV and they kept asking me questions. Did I get a hold of something that I, I shouldn't have, and, and I'm on the base. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, what am I gonna get a hold to? I'm on the base. And anyway, just going through all the testing and everything just kept coming back negative. And I kept going in and out of consciousness. And I remember the doctor told me right before I finally just blacked out, she said, we have to do something or we're going to lose her. The next morning, and, and I'm going to say the next morning because that's when I came, you know, to myself. The next morning, I, I remember greeting my mother. I remember greeting my father and I saluted my, my, my commanding officers and went back out again. And I'm thinking because it's when you're sleeping or when you're in a coma, you're thinking it's the next day. So as I'm waking up, as, as, as I'm be becoming, you know, to a point where I can finally, I can get to myself, I can actually see, I can actually just focus. And my mom was to my right, my dad was to my left, and my dad was crying. And I'm like, looking at them like, why are you crying? And I had no idea the things that I've been through. But even before I get there, I need to 
I need for you to understand the outer body experience that I had. Um, but even before going into the coma, I can remember um, a bright light in the corner of my room and something attracted me to that light and I could feel my spirit coming oh, I don't want to say detaching itself from my body but I could feel my spirit ascending and I'm going to this light and as I'm reaching the light all I could hear you know was just people clapping and I'm and I'm going through this light and, and, I'm, and I'm continuing to walk. And when I started walking, I got to this road and this road was like pure gold. I mean, beautiful. Everywhere I looked, it was just beautiful. And I started to notice familiar faces from when I was growing up as a child. So I'm looking around like, I remember these people. And as I'm walking around, I get to this gate and at the gate, I see my grandma, my mom's mom. And my grandma and I were tight. I mean, we were close. But mind you, my grandma passed back in 1995. So as I'm trying to get to her, my grandma, she's moving faster and she's going through the gate. So I'm trying to get to the gate so I can get to my grandma because the first thing I want to do is give my grandma a hug. But instead of me going through the gate, the gate shut in my face. And I see my grandma and she's waving, go back. I can read her, I can read her lips telling me, go back, go back. And she's waving me to go back. And as she's doing this, I can feel my body, my spirit descending. I can feel me descending and I'm coming back and then my eyes pop open and I see my mom on my right and my dad on my left and my dad is crying. My dad is a bag of water anyway, but my dad is crying and I'm like looking at them, why are you crying? And they were explaining to me what was going on. They was like, you've been in a coma for a month and a half. And I'm looking at them like, I, it can't be because I just saw y'all you know, yesterday, and mama said, baby, that wasn't yesterday. Mama said, you've been asleep for a month and a half. Wow. I was in a coma for a month and a half. So coming out of the coma, um, doctors saying that I never walk again. They, they, they're telling me all these things I never did do again. Um, and I'm looking at them like dumbfounded and they came and they dropped a bunch of papers on my bed and they was like, well, uh, you have systemic lupus. Never heard of it. They didn't know what it was. And I'm looking at these papers. And at that time, I could not move, you know, my arms at, at that time. I, I just couldn't move because, you know, of me being in that coma for a month and a half. And my mom took the papers and she was looking through them and she was showing them to me as she was reading what it was. And I'm like, just dumbfounded because... It was just something I have never heard of. Um, being on a Navy base, uh, my career is at stake. I, I, I work hard to get to where I was. And now my, my, my whole life before my eyes is changing. Nothing is, is, is the way I remember it to be because I have, my body has gone through trauma. And um, I, my commanding officer came to see me and 
we talked and um, he was telling me how, how scared it was, my ordeal that I had been through. And I'm, 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 I was in tears because at that moment he looked at me and he said, you know what, Dave? I was in Davis back then. He said, you know what, Davis? He said, we won't be able to keep you in the Navy. And I just started crying because I worked hard. And I'm like, Lord, this is my, this is my career. This is my life. But um, doctors came in and, they, and while he was there, they was like, well, this is the case. You know, what we're looking at, um, Seaman Davis, you'll never be able to walk again. You'll never be able to do for yourself again. But something inside me said, no, this is not the way God has this thing going. I've had this out-of-body experience. I've, I've traveled this road and now you're going to tell me that I never be able to walk again. No, this is not how it's going to end. And I looked at that doctor in the eye and I said, that is not what God said. I will walk. When I leave this hospital, I'm walking. And I said, so when do we start physical therapy? And he was like, well, we're not going to do therapy because this you're not going to walk in when do we do physical therapy because um i need to walk when i when i leave out of this hospital so they did they did exactly as i requested i started going to physical therapy and i had occupational therapy for my you know my brain and all of that um just to get stuff you know to where i remember it because i lost my memory of, of mm -hmm. some things too as well so um just just starting therapy for me, it gave me this push that I needed. So as they came and got me, I was in a wheelchair and they would stand me up and I would, you know, just, you know, grab hold to the bars and just, you know, just push my way through. It was hard, but it, but it was so necessary because I had a goal. And my mom said, well, you know, your birthday is in three weeks. I said, three weeks, I'll be walking for my birthday. I, I, I just needed to, to, to meet my goal. I, I, I knew where I wanted to go. I knew where I wanted to be. So in therapy, even though the odds were against me, I just knew that I had to walk. I just knew that I just couldn't give up. And um, got back to my room and I prayed to God. I said, God, if you just allow me to walk. I, I, Lord, if, if, even if I'm walking with a limp, Lord, just allow me to walk. In those three weeks, I was walking. I was talking. I was put, they had me putting stuff like in the refrigerator, in the kitchen, um, being sure that I would be able to, to, to live on my own, being sure that I could do things on my own. But of course, my parents were like, you're not staying in Illinois, so you're coming home. I don't care what they say. You're not staying here, even, you know, though they, you know, we, we'll get you an apartment, we'll do this, this, and this. My parents were like, you're not staying in Illinois. You're coming back to South Carolina. So as I got back to the Navy, and I was officially discharged. Um, but one of the things that stood out to me was a nurse told me that it's been so many cases on the base that I was one of the lucky ones. She said to me, she said, I was the lucky one. And I remember um, across the hall from me, um, one of my shipmates passed of the same thing, the same ordeal that I had been through. 
And for me to still be alive, knowing that there's somebody that passed of the same thing that I was going through, I was like, God, well, I, I survived something that somebody would never live to tell. He'll never live to tell his story. And for that reason, I have no choice but to give God praise. I have no choice but to honor God because he saved my life. He changed my life. He made my life as to say, okay, if she did it, you can do it. If she's living through this, you can live through it. The choice is almost as if I had a choice. I could have gave up. I could have said, no, this is too hard. God, I can't, I, I can't do this. But then I was like, started thinking about what would my grandma say? What would she say? She would tell me, push, go, do it. She, she told me that there was nothing hard, too hard for me to do. You can do it. And so I just kept hearing her voice in my head. So I had to push. I had to do it. I, I could not give up. Life could, life for me had changed, but at the same time, life for me was, it was to the point where if I gave up, I wouldn't be where I am at, where I am now. Right, right. I, I just wouldn't, wouldn't be there. So I just, I just thank God for that story. I think, I, I love to tell that story. I love to see the look on people's faces when, I talk about what I've been through. How did I, how did I, how did they tell me I had lupus? Um, the questions that I get asked. Um, so you really had an out-of-body experience? Yes, I did. It's yes, a I did. It's a remarkable uh, story, Tara. It, it really is. And it just proves that God is real. Yes, ma'am. Really yes, does. Yes, ma'am. Um, there are a lot of people that would challenge your, your story, you right. know? And the thing about it is, you know, tomorrow's not promised. It's not. So it's like, we're living in the now, you know? We're living in mm -hmm. the now. So it's like each breath that we take, it's not even promised. It's not promised. It's, you know, come in and look at the situation like that. Mm -hmm. I love your story. Uh, the the theme for today is don't count me out that don't really fits out. your yes. story and i recall you sharing with me that there was more than once that you had a life in death more than once yes ma'am well even before um um because i actually got transferred to a civilian hospital from naval base but in between getting transferred from the naval base to the civilian hospital, I, 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 I neglected to say this, but in between getting transferred, my heart stopped beating three times in one hour. Oh, wow. The first time my heart stopped beating was three minutes. The second time my heart stopped beating was five minutes. And the very last time my heart stopped beating was seven minutes. And I remember my dad saying to me, he said, baby, he said, when the doctors told us they, they worked and they worked on you and they worked on you, worked on you and they finally got you back. But see, that was the out-of-body experience I had. Yeah, yeah. So 
I okay. when I told my parents the story and, and, and I remember them looking at me and I'm telling them the story and my dad was like, there's no way that you can make something like this up. Uh-uh. I said, I, I don't even have the mindset to make something like this up. Um, but it was a beautiful encounter that I never, uh-huh. ever forget. Never forget. It was so peaceful, almost as if, do I have to go back? Uh-huh. Do I have to go back? But once I saw my grandma wave and go back, it's, it's, it's almost as if she's telling me it's not my time. Right. It's not your time. You got work to do. It's not your time. And that's how I looked at this. And this happened back in 2001. And I, I've, I've grown so much from, from that point until where I am now. And even going through all the other stuff that I've been through, um, in, including the day after I got married. I, um, after I got married, the, next, the very next day, I started experiencing symptoms again. And I stayed home from church. Um, the 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 my my ex-husband that I married, um, he went to church, you know, because he's a musician. And he got home and he picked well, he picked me from my mom's house and we went home. And uh he I went to sleep because I he knew I wasn't feeling good, but he woke me up because he said I was regurgitating in my sleep. And he said, I gotta take you to the hospital. So on the way going to the hospital, I was going in and out of consciousness. And he finally got me to the ER. And I I remember the lady telling him, you should have called the ambulance. You should have never brought her in. She said, "Um, because if you hadn't gotten her here here within that that time range, she could have died in, in the truck. And I was in the hospital the day after I got married for two weeks. For two whole weeks, I was in the hospital. Did not, and I didn't remember getting married um, because I took my ring off, but my husband at the time brought the ring to the hospital and he was like, here, you want your ring? And I was like, yeah, I guess. I'm looking at him like, he's like, we got married yesterday. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, wow, okay. And I didn't remember my wedding, but I saw, I actually got a chance to see the video of the wedding. And I was like, wow, dude, we look good. You know, Uh I mean, I had a huge wedding party and all. And to just not remember your wedding is something that that I couldn't even explain at the time. But um, with 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 him explaining to me the ins and outs of the wedding and my mom and dad telling me how the reception went and of course I saw it on video but just not to remember it's it's, it's just something that I you know but God allows things to happen for a reason yes, and I do realize that I do realize that so um that was actually I said the the three times um in um Wisconsin and then the fourth time here in South Carolina. Wow. Tell us, tell the listeners, how has lupus uh, changed your life for the better? Because, you know, we go through things in life, right? And it's so important for us to just accept the hand that we're dealt. You know what I'm saying? It It really is because the Lord, you know, things happen in our lives. It may sound cheesy, but things do really happen for a reason. Oh, yeah. 
believe that things are meant to strengthen us. That's you know, right. so we become better. So that our light becomes brighter. So mm-hmm. share with the listeners how this, you know, um, situation, you know, just improved your life to a great degree to where you could make a difference in the lives of others. Right, right. Okay, well, let me share this. Um, because, of, because of the systemic lupus, I've had, I've, I've had seven surgeries. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I can't have children um, because I, I had to have a hysterectomy. It, it affected my uterus terrible, terrible, very terrible. Um, I lost my hair uh, and it did grow back, eventually grew back. But um, I eventually had to, it, it keeps coming out. So, I, you know, we, we had to put a piece in sometimes, you know. Um, I, I, I have diabetes now with, with the lupus because of the prednisone that I was taking. So, I have, so I'm, now I have diabetes. Um, my whole life has changed. Um, the joint pain, it, it, depending on if it's cold or colder or hot, even during the summer, I have joint pain. So, so that's something that we're always going to have. Um, summers are better for me when it gets colder. Yeah, the joint pain gets a little more intense, but it's nothing that I can't handle. Um, I choose to just keep pushing through the pain. We got to push through the pain, you know, just to live. I have to push through the pain. Um, but it has allowed me to start Hands Up Against Lupus, which is uh, my nonprofit organization. And it's allowed me to honor those survivors that have lupus. So in October, I have what I call um, um, the, the Royal Lupus Luncheon. And it allowed me to highlight these survivors. I give them either plaques so I give them certificates, but I also, give them a big dinner and I allow them to get dressed up in their their gowns, their tuxedos and come and um you know just have a good time and I have a, a live band and I have a, a singers and I just want to celebrate because this is something that you could actually die from and 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 these young men and young women are pushing through they're still surviving, no matter what it feels like, no matter what it looks like, no matter what the diagnosis is, they're still living. And that's something to celebrate. So that's every October. And uh, well, not now because of the pandemic, but in May, May is Lupus Awareness Month. And I have um, either a prayer breakfast or I do a luncheon just to talk about lupus. I have, um, survivors come in and tell their stories because I know, you know, people know in South Carolina, they know my story, but they don't know other stories Um, because everybody's story is different. Everybody doesn't, you know, experience the same um, symptoms. All of us not going to experience the same symptoms, but we do have something in common. And that is we're all diagnosed with lupus. A lot of us, um, then one thing that we have to realize is there are different types of lupus. There's discoid, that's the skin lupus. There's there's the 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 lupus that affects your organs. You know, so we I I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful because I could have been gone. 
Akarabin gone, but God saw fit. He saw fit to lead his girl here because he knew that I had work to do. Amen. Yes, ma'am. That's a beautiful thing. Your attitude is just amazing. You know, Thank it is, you. Is, is indeed because you could complain about a lot of things. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know you mentioned yeah. something to me, you know, earlier um, about you're no longer with your husband anymore. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, we're not together anymore. We divorced uh, November 2019 after 15 years of marriage. We we divorced. Um, well, uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things where, you know, you you thinking you're doing all that you can do and you're putting all into your marriage. You, you're putting your husband first. You come second. And one day he just come home and say, I want out. I, I, I want a divorce. And um, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. I'm devastated. I, I didn't understand why. I couldn't understand why. Um, all I knew was I, I did all I could in my marriage. I gave it all I had. I gave it 150% to my marriage and um I guess for him that just wasn't enough so um I didn't fight it I didn't contest it I just said okay uh. and, but I did ask him I said is there anything that we can do to work this out he said no and I said okay and at that moment I just knew I did not have any fight left I didn't have any fight left. I, I I just felt like I could do that. I did everything I could do for my marriage, um, but 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 it's something when somebody is placing all the blame on you or finding all the fault in you, but never finding fault in what they did. Uh, and um, but as I tell people, I don't have any bad thing to say about him. I, I, I never have, and, and I never will. And, and I truly wish him all the, um, the I, I, I pray that everything works out for him. How did I it affect your- things works out. How, excuse me, but how, with you going through this, now you've already, you have overcome, defeated so many things that come mm -hmm. your way. And then mm -hmm. this very thing that you thought was mm -hmm. solid, Mm -hmm. This very thing, because yeah. you're speaking to a lot of people, this very thing that you thought was solid right. in, the, in the, a breakdown. Now, right. because you in a good place. So how did that affect? Yeah, it did. You know, your, your wow. Did you have, did wow. you have a flare-up? Yeah. You know, well, not only do mind. I have, not only do I have lupus, but my lupus also causes cephalitis of the brain. Oh. So I have encephalitis of the brain as well. So it played a big part on me, depression, suicidal thoughts. I lost, I, I, I dropped down to 99 pounds. Uh, my divorce played a big part on that. And I was sick and didn't know I was sick, sick. And my mom said, I gotta take you to the doctor because you're losing weight too much. You, you're losing too much weight, Sarah. You, you're not looking good. Got to the doctor and they did all these, they ran all the tests and he looked at me, he looked at my mom and, and his words were, if we don't get her back to her normal size, she's gonna die. And those was his exact words. And so for me, um, 
of course, you know, God waking me up at three in the morning and telling me, get up, go to the mirror. What do you see? And for me at that moment, I was like, I see someone who's broken. I was broken. I mean, broken down. I, I, I had nothing else to give. I, I, I was just broken. And God said, no. But what we have to realize is when God allows something to happen, it's not, it doesn't always have to be detrimental. We now. feel that we feel that is detrimental. Uh -huh. So in that moment, I had to pick myself up. Uh -huh. In that moment, I had to, because I was laying in the bed, I was crying all the time. So I had to get up and I had, I had to change the way I thought. Yeah. Because, you know, when you renew your mind, things start getting different. So I had to renew my mind. Come on, God. I had to renew who I was. I had to start discovering things that terror like me again. So in that moment, I had to realize this wasn't about him. This wasn't about my ex-husband. Girl, it's about you. <laughs> Come on, man. You lost you. My so God. now I had to find me. I had to, to discover who Tara was again. So what I started doing was taking myself to lunch. What I started doing was taking myself to the movies. I got up. I put my makeup on. I put my little hair piece on. What, whatever it was that I wanted to put on for that day. And I dressed up. I could put on my cute dresses and my cute sandals. And I started taking myself out. Nah, nah, nah. I started, I started treating me like the next one who comes along have to treat me. Now I started saying, okay, you know what? And I heard a quote that Cicely Tyson said, hold your chin up, but make sure your standards are higher than your chin. Nah, nah, nah. So now my chin is up, but my standards are higher now. Because now I know what I'm not going to accept this time. This time. I know what I want, what I require this time. If I'm God's daughter and God treats me like a queen, why can't he treat me like a queen? Uh, why can't he treat me like the woman that I am? So, yeah, my nets have to, there's some standards that he has to meet. Oh, yes, sister. Yes, ma'am. There's some standards. Oh my God, what a beautiful story. Oh my God. God so is wonderful. Say, you know, we've heard the tragedy. So for the good people that are listening, they're probably, you know, wiping tears and blowing their nose by now. Uh -huh. Say that you are a happy queen. You are fulfilled. I am. I am. I am. I, you know, the, the verse says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all other things shall be added unto you. So right now where I am, I'm seeking God on some things. I am um, involved in uh, you know, some things that I, that I wanna do for the community. Um, I know that there's a, um, I got to birth this thing out. I, yeah. I know I got a women's ministry inside of me that needs to be birthed out. So I'm working on that. I'm writing stuff down. I'm, I'm getting stuff together. I actually had a conference call today um, getting ready to um, put uh, uh, a mini virtual conference together, talking to women that that have that have been broken, women that are, that some of us have to know that divorce wasn't your fault, that miscarriage wasn't your fault. 
that abuse you you took away your fault. We have to remember who we are and whose right. we are and, right. and stop taking on, stop carrying around baggage that's too heavy. That's dead weight. Dead weight. Drop the dead weight. Drop the dead weight and know that God has a call on your life. You're anointed for, for, for this season of your life. For such a time as this, mm -hmm. God is calling you according to his purpose, his purpose and only his purpose. And we have to realize who we are. And if we don't realize who we are, we'll, if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. And this girl right here is not going to fall for anything anymore. I can't. My anointing is too precious. I paid a lot. I paid a lot to get to where I am. I lost a lot to get mm -hmm. to where I am. But I also realized if God allowed it to happen, it was for my purpose. It mm -hmm. was for my destiny. It was for the call on my life. It was for the anointing. I paid a lot for this anointing. But for anybody to come in and say that they can treat me or talk to me any kind of way, the devil is a liar. Because I paid for this one right here. Yes, ma'am. I paid for this one. What a story. Oh yes, God, you have been a blessing this morning. For Amen. anyone that has, you know, entertained the thought of giving up, right. you know, taking a stand, you know, uh, representing the, the 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 statement, don't count me out. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. It has been God. an honor to have you this morning. You. Oh my, you. to be you. so transparent and for mm -hmm. you to be so courageous to share, you know, your story. Most people would have been ashamed, you know, to share their, their, uh, their story. But, you know, we have to share our ugly so that we other have people to. may see the beauty, you know, out That's of the right. mess. A mess becomes a yes. mess, right? That's right. I'm great. And you have to realize your broken pieces become beautiful. Oh, wow. Your broken pieces become right. beautiful. When you allow God to put you back together, when you allow God to really heal you, your pain is your purpose. So I realized at that moment, my broken pieces became beautiful. And that's what I tell women, your broken pieces can become beautiful if you allow God to put them back together. If you allow God to put them back together. As we begin yeah. to uh, get ready to... Uh, close this morning, I really do want you to speak to, you know, someone that can't get out the bed because they're weighed down that dark right. cloud, you know, they're weighed down with depression and they're also experiencing suicidal thoughts. They don't want to show right. their because of the shame. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? You right. know, just don't feel like they have a reason mm -hmm. to, to live. Can you speak to uh, that person this morning. Absolutely. Let me start by saying this, give you this parable that I, that I read. And um, it was about this lady. She was getting ready to go on a trip. She didn't know what to take on her trip. So she packed all this stuff in her luggage. She got to the airport and they weighed her luggage and they said, ma'am, you have too much baggage. 
So you have to take some out. And she looked and she had an option. Either she could leave the baggage in or she could go purchase another suitcase. So she decided to leave the baggage in there, which it cost her a pretty penny while traveling and she getting to her destination her suitcase burst and now and it burst because she had too much so she had no choice but to go buy another suitcase so what am i saying what are you saying minister i'm saying that that dead weight that you that that you're packing on that luggage that you're carrying you don't have to carry it by yourself God will help you carry it if, if you just take your small hands and put it in his big hand and let him lead and guide you. That luggage, that baggage will kill you. Take it out. Even if it's layer by layer, we've all gone through the fire, but I, but I guarantee you, you will not come out smelling like smoke. Allow God to help you pull the layers off one by one if you have to if you have to start by taking that big coat off take the coat off but i encourage you to take the mask off first mm. take the mask off first stop living behind that mask even if you got to write down what what, what you're hiding behind on that mask i was hiding behind suicide but i had a smile i was hiding behind depression but I had a smile, but I was encouraged to write down on a mask. All I did was print it off and I started writing on the mask what I was hiding behind. It definitely helped me get rid of a lot of baggage that I was holding on to. And I wanna encourage you to do the same. Amen. For those that are listening, please go ahead and share with uh the uh, the family, how you can be reached for speaking engagements, um, mm -hmm. how they can connect with you on social media, you know, right. for all you are going to be doing in the very near future. Let people know how they can follow you and, and reach out to you. Absolutely. The best way that people can contact me is on Facebook. Um, I'm, it's um, Minister, where Ashley is uh, M-I-N, which is for Minister, Tara, T-E-R-A, and um, my middle name, Nikanya. And Nikanya is spelled N-I-K-O-N-Y-A, Minister Tara Nikanya. I can be reached to faith. That's the easiest way to reach me. And that's the best way to reach me. Send me a private message if you have to. Um, put a uh, message on my page, how, however you want to do it. But that's the best way to reach me. I want to thank you so much for sharing your story with us this morning and giving us, you know, something to 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 be grateful for. You know, it's like Amen. you to look at your own life. You know, yeah. when you read the, the, the testimony of others, it causes you to just look at where God has brought you from. It really causes you to just look at your own life and tell yes. him things because it could have been another way. That's and right. I, I don't believe everybody's built for the fight like you, like myself and so many others that have survived. That's right, that's right. Today's quote is, I have been built and strengthened by life's battles. 
That's Monday motivation quote. Listen, family, this is new week, new goals. You know, you can't heal what you don't reveal. I'm Coach Deb. I want you to follow us on all social media. And don't forget to follow Tara. Have an amazing day. And remember to love yourself, love everybody, and be an example. Have a great day. Thank you, Tara. Bless you. Bless you.